Hello and welcome to episode 143 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, pretty good man. Good, good. We are back again, back to talk about a little cinema gem potentially. Uh, A movie that we talked about last week where I sort of surprised you saying it was a... uh, conjuring spin-off movie um <laughs> but why the should... hell not hey yeah so we'll get into that. that cinematic universe yeah um so we didn't see annabelle we saw the curse of la llorona um which yeah we'll get to that we'll get to that um but first we start with the news as we always do and yeah there is there is a couple of trailers that we need to talk about asap um, there's some meaty news yeah, so we, we kind of teased there maybe being two trailers to talk about last week. Um, of course, one of those has not arrived. <laughs> um, we got another tease. We got to see Richard. Yeah, we did get a tease. Of course, we we're referring to the Free From Hell trailer, uh, which Rob was teasing this time last week. Uh, still no update on that. Um, so yeah, wait and see on that one. Um, I, will, I will keep checking Twitter for out with this recording. Because yeah, I was going to say that's a very good idea. <laughs> if it drops whilst we're recording, we will give our live reactions to it. Oh God, could you imagine? <laughs> um, but we did get a surprise trailer as well, which we'll get to. But we have to start with the lead, which we, we knew was going to happen. Um, finally, we get to see first footage of It Chapter 2 um oh my i'm sure everyone's seen this trailer now i'll try not to really go into details in case people haven't um but uh it's a fairly long trailer as well isn't it like it, it felt long anyway yeah um, it's kind of like an extended scene you know yeah um, the first half of it anyway or at least mm. the majority of the trailer yeah it's a it's a very lengthy scene which um first of all i loved but yeah. i was definitely disappointed that they showed that much um given like i've obviously uh listened to the audiobook since it chapter one and that was definitely one of the, my favorite parts of them as adults uh, experiencing it um and it was a scene that wasn't adapted i don't think in the original tv version mm. um so it was one of a, a couple of scenes where i was like oh this is such a creepy awesome scene and yeah seeing it i'm like it looks great it's fantastic um but yeah they kind of showed a bit too much where it's like oh, okay i don't need to see this trailer again um i'm super hyped though like it looked incredible it looks um, so good i think like you know our big concern was obviously what it would look like with the different actors and kind of yeah. the young cast we were so attached to but yeah. um from what we've seen it yeah i i cannot be more excited about this movie yeah for sure um it kind of the last sort of 30 seconds ish is when you get the traditional sort of jump cuts for the trailer um and that's that's the part where i'm trying to ignore that because it shows a lot which is it looks fascinating um and i'm sure we're gonna have to sit in front of this trailer multiple times before it comes out in september oh, we have to watch this trailer so many times man um so i'm at least gonna like try and shut out that last bit um because yeah there's some cool imagery that i want to forget <laughs> you know going into the movie um but yeah i cannot wait cannot wait um it's gonna be so good it, it, it definitely you know there's a lot of hype going to this movie i mean we gave it chapter one our, our movie of the year back in 2017 which was an insanely good year and that was the you know the best of um and so yeah i, I kind of wondered if chapter two we've, we've said it kind of i've been tentatively excited for it i think this was mm. the first time that i let myself just be like oh no i really yeah we, I'm confident you can you can really kind of let it go and actually you know now we've seen what it looks like it looks so good i can't yeah. wait to see more pennywise it looks like obviously they've said that we're going to get more of like his backstory and stuff and that all looks awesome uh, i cannot wait man 
Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Now. Oh, yeah. So we've got to wait a long time for that one. But yeah, <clears throat> cannot wait. Um, but something that I is... I can't our... wait for these things, man. No, <laughs> it's difficult. Um, well, something that we won't have to wait very long for, only three weeks. And oh, I cannot That's wait. Like I'm so excited, man. I, I was not expecting this at all. Um, nope. Kind of... So they, so we saw a tease um, since we last recorded, which was already going to be in the news because that's how excited I was. Where we saw our first um, kind of image from the upcoming season of Black Mirror, um, which confirmed that Anthony Mackie and Yaya Abdul Mateen were going to be starring in an episode together, um, which was really cool. Anyway, and I liked that um, Charlie Brooker added that this was the Marvel DC crossover that you was not expecting, <laughs> um, which was great. And I was already like, oh, that's going in the news straight away. And I like, I was like, oh, they're actually talking about it because. You know, obviously with Banda Snatch coming out earlier on this year, um, yeah. I really didn't expect I Black wasn't Mirror. expecting <clears throat> well, any Black like, Mirror. Yeah, maybe December again. Um, but no, they've officially confirmed it today with a trailer uh, that is back in three weeks. So June 5th uh, is they are ca- calling God. it season five as well, which is awesome. Um, and it is back to three episodes, um, which of course was what they originally did on Channel 4. The first two seasons were three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, before the special and then obviously the last two full seasons have been six episodes um we obviously have done full uh shows on those two seasons so you can go and listen to those um but i remember saying at the time like oh this is awesome that we get so much black mirror um but they're clearly like spreading themselves a little thin in a few of these episodes um and even now i'm kind of like how have they already got i was gonna say that's the thing like to to actually have three done in the space of you know six months after bandersnatch coming out is actual insanity yeah i have to imagine these these productions were concurrent um and then they just obviously with bandersnatch being this different thing they wanted to put that out separately um but yeah as i mentioned before obviously the the two actors before kind of um miley cyrus is in an episode which is really crazy yeah that was odd Yeah, it looks cool though. Um, Andrew Scott as well was one that I was, I was really say. excited for. Yeah, um, he's kind of in a lot of stuff recently that I haven't seen, but yeah, I think for you as well, and definitely for me, he will always be Moriarty from Sherlock. He will always be Moriarty. Um, which that that second season of Sherlock with him in it was one of the best pieces of television I've ever seen. And yeah, it, he looks amazing. And, and the trailer itself, I mean, what what did you think of this trailer? I was it was so good. Like it. The especially his episode, yeah, really fascinating. The other ones, you just kind of got like glimpses of madness and not really sure what was going on, but you, you yeah. got a really good vibe for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like he, like there, there's so much wild stuff in this trailer that I don't really want to try and um, I don't want to discuss it in detail because I don't want to spoil it. Um, but there's some mad shit that even w- when I was watching the trailer, I was like, I don't know how this is only three episodes. Um, yeah, it looked like multiple episodes, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's so many different things where you're trying to, like... I, again, I, don't I was trying to figure out which one of the three it was on, and I was like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, there's very much a few sets of characters. You're like, oh, okay, these are clearly in a few different episodes. But then there's other actors that you see that is exciting, and you're like, oh, where are they going to fit into this story? Um, and I always always start speculating whether they're going to do a sequel to an episode, because Charlie has talked about that a lot. Um, so I would love for that something like that to happen. The time is um, now. But yeah, I cannot wait. Like, we're obviously going to be covering this as soon as it comes out. I'm so excited that it's back. Um, cannot wait. Cannot wait. Um, this uh, final news story, this is not really as newsworthy as the final two. We've kind of gone from two of the hypest things, probably the, <laughs> the most hypest movie of the year, uh, and and obviously then the most hypest TV show. Um, do you, we got some crazy quotes, uh, quotes from Bruce Campbell. <laughs> um, no, I can't handle that shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I've been, I've been. Maybe, maybe I'm not playing Ash, but someone else might. <laughs> so I've purposely not been putting these in the news because they, he's just been taking the piss lately, Bruce. God love him. Like yeah, he's, he's fantastic. He's, he's either trolling people or is bored or is liking, you know, wants to promote his new show, which is fair enough. So always uh, oh, getting all getting of the above. There. True. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and he's got a new book coming as well, of course. Oh, of um, course. Which is literally just his old book, but he's added a little bit in it about retiring as Ash, which is funny. Um, uh, well, I'll have to buy it then. <laughs> yeah. Um, if he reads the audiobook, I will do it. <laughs> oh, has he, has he, he must have done audiobooks. He must he has have, to done. have done. Um, but yeah, no, these quotes were interesting. Basically, someone asked him about Evil Dead. Um, I think it was with Inquisitor, um, which I've not heard of. Yeah. Uh, but he says, uh, fans are going to see different versions. They're going to see more Evil Dead 2. Uh, we're not done with the Evil Dead saga. More stories to tell. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is really interesting. Later on, so I'll skip past the next bit because I'll, I'll circle back to it. But then he says, um, Basically, I'm still doing video games. I'm still doing voices for Ash. I'm just not going to grovel in the blood anymore. Um, so we kind of know that he's he's you know he's doing the Dead by Daylight stuff. But this seems like there's more projects. Um, the fact that he added voices separate to video games maybe i'm leading too much into that but i was thinking animated show potentially um yeah. you know they're all the rage right now Netflix like adult animated stuff. Show. yeah Confirmed. Um, so that would be awesome um but uh, the the middle quote he was asked about uh fede alvarez returning to the franchise hmm. um, nice. to possibly direct a sequel in which he replied fede is a big hollywood director now i don't know if fede needs this we'll have to see um which i would reply uh, wish, saying, I, wish, I, wish he, i could agree he, with you bruce did he like see he girl and it. spider's web <laughs> well no because um, no one did yeah see? yeah true sad but true um and if he did he would be like you know what we can probably get someone better for evil dead no i'm just kidding um <laughs> fede's fede's the man yeah he's amazing um, just in horror. Yeah, exactly. um i can i can confirm that bruce campbell reads both of his uh books in audiobook form incredible, incredible. so i know what my weekend that's a be. that's a great bit of due diligence right there thank you for that um, yeah you're you're welcome so what were you talking about <laughs> i don't know bruce campbell's talking some mad shit um he's talking smack but i like it listen he keeps it keeps him interested all right um hey, what, but hey, yeah. whatever keeps bruce in our minds is good with me i you know I just need Arrow to drop some more Maniac Cops on Blu-ray, please, because hell yeah, they're really hard to pick up. Those, oh, those other ones, so frustrating. I know. I still, re- I can't believe I haven't seen the other ones yet. But I, I just, they're so hard to get, even on DVD. Um, but yeah, that was that's pretty much it for the news this week. Obviously, a fun little one at the end, but the kind of the main two. Um, still waiting on that Free from Hell trailer, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, He's going to keep us waiting. Yeah, we'll keep. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but shall we talk He'll about start this week's production soon? Yeah, I was going to say yeah, <laughs> dude. If he if he like announces his next project and he just moves slowly moves on, I'll be like, what the fuck? Seriously, Rob? Because <laughs> I could see him doing something like that. Yeah, uh, like, oh, I got my t-shirt sales. It's fine. Yeah, he's he's loving that. Um, but shall yeah. we talk about this week's film? Yeah, why not? Let's talk about the Curse of La Llorona. Ah, so where do we start with this wonderful movie? I I don't know. <laughs> so it's where do you begin with this movie? It's a film which is produced by James Wan. Um, you know, New Line Cinema production company behind it, Warner Bros. You know, all the same people behind the Conjuring slash the Conjuring spinoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it says from the producers, etc. So they're very much trying to uh, get that audience for this movie. Um, yeah. As we have briefly discussed, it was weird. Obviously, I haven't massively been following this movie because it just wasn't one that massively interested me. But I remember seeing a few stories being like, is this going to be in the universe was a big question. And then prior to it being released, pretty much they were saying, yeah, it's in the universe. Um, mm. I thought the main connection was obviously the director of this, Michael Chavez, is already been confirmed that he is directing The Conjuring Free uh, for next year. Um so this was this was kind of announced. like <laughs> yeah they obviously picked up this movie clearly retrofitted it as a conjuring movie which we'll get to oh, um, and then obviously liked him enough to give him the big one which is a big one you know we love the conjuring one and two we just don't think any of these spin-offs have been good until this point um so yeah interesting history of this movie um but mm. it is an original story with an original cast you know you don't yeah, have your this... warrens or anything like that no, I was sure that they were going to turn up at one point. Um, <laughs> nah, you don't get that, mate. But, uh, yeah, you don't get the Warrens just like that. They don't throw the Warrens into this shit. The Warrens no. are safe for the A-game. Annabelle. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Annabelle free. Christ. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, this this movie had a, a fairly good trailer, I think, as far as some of these things go. But then so many of these movies have good trailers. That's what we've come to realize. Uh, you know, we, we've seen the Annabelle three trailer a few times now and that still annoyingly looks good to me and i'm sure that movie is probably gonna suck <laughs> he um, knows how to cut a trailer they do they really do um so yeah i mean going into this one um this this movie kind of centers around it's kind of mexican uh kind of mythology if you like yeah. kind of ghost stories um i don't Did know whether you... it's something that's kind of actual in real life yeah it is i was gonna say like so you obviously didn't know about this i didn't know about it either so we we neither of us have any um because people were excited for this movie based upon that you know similar to like our generation that was i thought it was probably the case because of the name and stuff and when i've kind of done searches i've seen that there's been a lot of stuff kind of uh comes up when you search it so i kind of thought that was the case yeah, yeah it was I very much a story the real life you know, or, or originating in mexico you know parents yeah. telling the story to scare their kids sort of thing um and then of course it's obviously been slightly I mean, changed what sort of psychopathic stories do they tell their kids yeah um jesus christ well straight off the bat and one thing that's kind of weird about this movie is that it immediately tries to set up this mexican folklore and back history but then mm. immediately moves the film to america <laughs> which as, as do all of these Films. yeah which is already just like okay this is going to be the be all end all story uh, which very much has its origins in a different country but now we're just going to have it in la like mm. i don't know that that immediately was weird to me but anyway carry on <laughs> now i'm done <laughs> <laughs> that's the setup <laughs> yeah no um yeah so basically we're we kind of meet our lead kind of anna and she's a um social worker and kind of one of her cases is kind of this mom with these two boys and kind of worried about their their well-being um and she basically very early on ends up getting herself caught in this curse and um basically the witch starts to go after her and her family and mm. uh spooky jump scares happen if you like them this movie's got a lot of them or I mean, tries to at least i was gonna say it tries to man mm. i mean you know it's 
it's it's kind of once you get the you know they've got this Mexican kind of folk tale that they're trying to tell, which um, I can see definitely that a lot of people would be interested in the fact that it's kind of based in real life. But the second they actually explain who she is and what mm. she is, she is then just a generic witch. She is the nun, but just not as cool. Yeah. Um, you know, she is just this creepy woman that then just is used for jump scares for the rest of the movie, and it becomes your typical haunting kind of movie um after that mm. i mean i think you can kind of already gauge where i'm at <laughs> well can i just jump in as well about the the, the actual folk tale itself you know the again no yeah. actual um you know knowledge of the real life situation or i guess you know the the real life stories um so just you know talking purely about the way it's presented in this film i thought it was a really crappy story like i didn't find it interesting the fact that it's no. just has a woman um her husband cheated on her so she murdered her kids and that's pretty much yeah. it and now and she I, haunts other people i'm like why yeah, it's just taking out on other people. Yeah, there was nothing to attach myself to that story. And, and even the way it was presented visually on screen, where she's kind of like drowning them in a puddle, and then the voiceover just says, and then she killed herself with the water. And you're like, wait, hang on a minute. She drowned herself in the puddle, did she? Like, how did that happen? Um, and this is not the first time we've talked about people being drowned in puddles uh, this year for <laughs> movies, if you remember. I don't want to spoil anything. I, I nearly said something and I bit my lip. Yeah. Um, but in this case, it's way worse because you don't have someone... like I, we, As we discussed before, you can, we can kind of let it go if someone's literally holding your head in it and they have the strength to keep your head in a puddle. I don't know. Um, I feel like we should go more in detail on puddle drownings yeah you, know, you could like, just drink the water really I'm that's, gonna, that's what i do see how many puddle drownings happen a year <laughs> um, <laughs> well, how about suicide puddle drownings because okay. that's an interesting one but yeah that, to me i don't know the story from the get-go like that is where the, the this movie starts is they tell you the story of la Llorona, and i was interested to hear that because it was not one that i knew of and i thought it was presented really shoddily it kind of they gloss over it really quickly as well you don't get a sense of who she is as a character it's just like yeah, there's this woman, she murdered some kids and now she likes to murder kids because she's trying to get her kids back. And that's and that's it. And it was just so basic and generic, um, even compared to what some of these other movies have done. Like at least the Annabelle movies try mm. stuff. And I remember The Nun as well, like not a movie that we loved, but I had some interesting story stuff with The Nun. Like they actually explained yeah. stuff and I, I could like yeah, grasp a and, sense of the story. And it had some like decent jump scares and tension mm. to it because I think, um, you know, this i hated this movie yeah i can't i can't pretend that i liked it at all really from from the word go like you say the opening scene kind of showing the witch and kind of what she does uh was just dull and wasn't you know engaging then as soon as we get introduced to the characters you just get rubbish jump scare after rubbish jump scare that none of the characters offended me i just mm. didn't root for any of them um yeah, and you've just got this, um, like I say, this this kind of witch that throughout the movie, her, her sole purpose is to get these kids and drown these kids. But she has multiple opportunities to do it and just kind of doesn't do it because that's not the moment. It's just yeah. a moment for a cool jump scare. Yeah. And I'll just, and, I, and it's the problem I have with so many of these movies. What are the rules? Like, yeah. there's at no what rules. Point, when does she get to the point that she's going to? kill this one and move on to the next one she's like ah mm. oh, okay i have to fuck with you five times and then i kill you like what yeah. or you know what what is it because suddenly she'll go like 
crazy and take out someone and then the other time she just like boogle and then runs off and it's just it's so inconsistent to the point that i don't feel tense at all in any of the scenes um yeah because you just know like oh so we're in the the first act or the middle act so this is the part where she's just messing around and fucking with them like she's not gonna actually just viciously kill someone like yeah you know there was a scene very early on where one of the one of the um children kind of has a umbrella blown towards a swimming pool Mm. and for a second i was like oh this is a bit tense like she's trying to trick her into getting to the water but mm. then she straight up gets her in front of the water and could have just pulled her in and mm. didn't and i was like oh i was expecting like something clever to happen or even something cheap like her mum to just call her in before she gets to the water but no the little girl just gets straight to the water gets confronted we get a cheap jump scare and we move on. I was going to say, like, I don't even remember how that scene ends. It must just, like, have a jump scare and then just it's show just you It's a jump scare, else. yeah. Like... She, the witch just pops up, <laughs> screams in the little girl's face. The girl runs inside and doesn't tell anyone about it. Yeah. Uh, because all of our characters have these encounters and don't tell each other about them for, mm. forever. Um, you know, the the one one scene that made me ridiculously angry that's just popped into my head was with... Um, the scene that's in the trailer kind of with the witch kind of messing with the little girl in the bathtub, kind of washing Mm. her hair and stuff. And like the mum at this point believes her children and knows that the, that they're trying to, the the, the witch is trying to drown her, uh, her kids. And Mm. then she leaves her daughter in the (laughs) bath and goes downstairs to have a chat with her son. Mm. And then like, as stuff starts to go down and she hears her daughter screaming, she just casually like calls her name and then saunters upstairs. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, this woman who works for child protection yeah. services as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who is meant to be portrayed as a good mother. Yeah. Does like one of the dumbest things I've ever seen a character do. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess one thing we nearly forgot about. Uh, <laughs> how's the opening, well, bro? Well, I was going to say, we forgot about it last week. So shall we yeah. retroactively talk about that? <laughs> I mean, anything to not talk about this movie. Because, um, so yeah, you know, does, does the movie have an unnecessary horror open? Is that how we're talking, discussing yeah. it? Um, yeah. last week we didn't discuss it, but, um, it was interesting because it does start with a flash forward, uh, extremely mm. wicked, um, which you could kind of say is a bit unnecessary, but it's not really that horror. I mean, in the grand scheme of what that movie has in terms of horror, it probably is. It's a good um, opening, isn't it? Yeah, but I, yeah, I enjoyed it and I did respect it that it didn't just straight away do something silly anyway. Um, but in regards to this movie, uh, yeah, it does really, you know, again, it just, it shows you the, does it, it just shows you the weeping woman attacking someone, doesn't it? It doesn't show the origin story. Uh, was it not the origin story? Did it just start with the origin story? I couldn't remember. I know it's like, there's a family and they're like mourning and it's in Mexico like ages Um... ago, isn't it? Oh, I can't even remember, man. Mm. Like, on- honestly, this movie just, like, almost slipped from my mind as soon as we finished watching it. It was so forgettable. Mm. I think, um, yeah, does th- does the opening just not tell the story, I thought? No, I, that- think it's, I think it's her Did just we get attacking something- a random family. And then right. it's later on, because it's not until we get a voiceover explaining what, what she happened, which oh, isn't okay. the scene. I think it is just her, like, drowning some kids, pretty much. Yeah, I um, think you're probably right yeah it's just um, yeah did they not yeah. oh was that when they did the whole um uh infinity war thing is that what happened oh yeah it was yeah yeah that was it when they when they <laughs> <laughs> weren't they playing hide and seek or something yeah and they just like disappeared <laughs> they slowly like, oh, disappeared and then got this was done by the way, way better in another movie recently yeah um 
Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I completely agree. This movie to me was just a giant waste of time. And I think that's the the worst type of movie to watch, especially when yeah. we have to talk about them on the show. Um, any type of interesting conversation is great. And this movie provokes none other than disappointment and sadness and uh, yeah. just dullness. Like, say, and because it doesn't even provoke kind of anger in no. us as such, because quite often we'll watch a film and we're like, oh, that was such a good idea. And they didn't quite execute it. Whereas mm. we know at this point, these ideas are cheap. You know, all right, this this has kind of like got some folklore that people are interested in, but it, but it just boils down to another cheap jump scare Conjuring Universe movie. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's just... It's the most by the numbers one enough. so far. Yeah, I've had enough, man. Like It's such a shame because obviously we, we talk about it a lot, but it is still worth mentioning the fact that we really like The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2. Um, mm. They're really, really good movies. And obviously we don't need to go into it, but like they're just overall well-made movies, you know, with like, oh, actual characters and actual human emotions. And similar to like Haunting of Hill House is still like one of the best things we've ever covered for this show, which is about yeah. ghosts and hauntings and, and stuff that we're not traditionally into it's not our favorite type of horror but it shows you if it's done well and is used as a vehicle to portray actual characters and story etc etc then we love it and th- mm. this what they're forgetting is so good about like the conjuring 2 is the characters and you mentioned earlier about how you know this th- there's no rhyme or reason to this movie and its villain like that's no, what I... made so, so much sense in the conjuring 2 like they explain why it's fucking with them and why at times it will not fuck with them and it just goes so aggressive and i loved that and yeah like you don't get any sense and they try they introduce this character who i guess we'll get to now like this kind of like shaman slash priest um where i don't know what he was he's basically like the quintessential priest but instead of someone shouting um you know religious spiel in english you just get it in spanish in this movie um so that's like the only one key difference that they added um but other than that it's just the same generic character we've seen a million times um and yeah he starts introducing all these like rules of logic where oh suddenly i put some like seeds on the ground and she can't cross that line yeah that was fantastic what what does that what does that mean (laughs) like she can just like of the red tree bro yeah and like you say like sometimes she's she so you know you talked about how she uses the umbrella to guide the kid to mm. the pool so she can pull her in but then later on she's just like wind blasting people 50 foot so at any point she could have just wind blasted that girl into the water and drown her instantly like there's no she she's so no rhyme or reason to it and yeah the, that's the problem that you know these movies have to follow a formula and like you say i think the conjuring did such a good job of doing that and explaining why they're being fucked with and why there's this haunting because it's not a case because because you got the impression with this that she is trying to get a kill count yeah she is just trying to take children and keep getting the next ones uh but she doesn't do it with any sort of consistency and it just it it really is frustrating um Mm. obviously before we got our kind of uh mexican priest we did get to see uh father perez uh obviously from the conjuring universe and kind of uh the tie-in really for, yeah and kind of the the cheap kind of it's been so long that i couldn't cut. even remember if he was actually in those movies or not <laughs> yeah he was he was um he's in annabelle oh okay right he's like the priest from annabelle is that the only one he's in i think so okay that'll be why i don't remember it then <laughs> yeah yeah and um yeah, it, it's interesting, like, when we said about kind of this movie being in the Conjuring universe, like, um, was was that just a happy coincidence and then it got picked up and they're like, holy shit, or, or how long was this kind of plan to be in the universe? Because mm. it, it feels so cheap that he's in there and that this has happened, but 
like if if they knew this you know before this film was made then why didn't they make more of a thing of it and actually make that you know it was just such a throwaway mm. moment um yeah and for what 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 end like do we really want to see the the kind of avengers of all these characters in one movie well that scene as well there's no it's just he pops up for some people yeah. they'll get a little kick if you're really into this to be like oh that's cool it's the same yeah, i was like oh i recognize that guy but then, and then you just see one moment where he just goes i had a the, even though it's got absolutely nothing to do with this case he just randomly says oh there was a case once oh you should have been there that was crazy and then you just see yeah, like, like bulb bulb for a few seconds. you think you're going through shit <laughs> yeah he's like wait till you see this other things. not good movie you wait until um, you see annabelle three in theaters <laughs> next month yeah and, and then it, uh it's just a, oh, i don't know man yeah it's, and they just move on and he's kind of like oh i know some guys that will help you but how take ages to go through the church i'm just gonna get you in touch with this psycho he's like i know some guys that can help you but we can't afford um the warrens so yeah, <laughs> you're just yeah. gonna have to deal with me yeah um they, they, they can actually act like they're, they're gonna want paychecks yeah for sure it's worth mentioning now that we're kind of discussing money is that like even though these movies are made on a relatively small budget um in the grand scheme of things and like they're a money making vehicle like this movie's already made 10 times its budget yeah which um, is insane like our cinema we was busy yeah second week made, as well release yeah that made me angry <laughs> mm. with a lot of options right now at the cinema a lot of great yeah. movies that you could go see instead um yeah. But yeah, like, so, you know, these movies aren't going away anytime soon. Like, we are going to see God probably two a year going forward. Um, because yeah, they we just might make, not. They just make silly money. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> um, they just make silly money. Um, but I will say, like, to me, $9 million budget, I thought was completely wasted. I, I think there's almost nothing in this movie that is, like, technically impressive or looks expensive. Some of the CGI th- looks straight up ropey, to be yeah. honest. I, this was you the know. cheapest looking Conjuring movie by yeah. a mile. And yeah. it, it's kind of captivated to me by the scene which drove me the most insane and is probably the worst scene i've seen in a movie all year um which is i'm just going to spoil it it's not even like a scene worth noting really so you probably don't consider it spoilers but it's one of the mid this is midway through the movie when it's very much we're in our you're in the the zone of a conjuring movie at this point your demon slash ghost is haunting the family and so it's just looking forward to the next uh tense scene supposedly yeah. with a jump scare um you and can't this... leave your house because it's all seeded up exactly so th- this scene primarily is in our main character is it anna did you say i've immediately forgot her name yeah um yeah. anna is in her house at night this scene is just her walking around her own home at night with the lights off and occasionally i would say every two to three minutes a door open or closes and it's just a slow camera pan of her just entering a room which is in her home and just looking worried and then walk into the next room and i swear to god this scene felt like it went on for an hour it's probably at least like eight to ten minutes Mm. and it was it was something which you could make on an iPhone for no money. And the fact that this is in like a, you know, big, kind of big budget horror movie on the big screen. I was like, what well, am I a watching? a big release horror movie. Yeah. You know? Like I was like stuff in paranormal activity looked better than this. And and that movie yeah. costs like some under a hundred grand or whatever. And I'm just like, are we really still at the point where a scene of tension is just a warm woman walking around her own home at night in the dark? That was the setup to that scene, yeah. and that's all that happened. And, a door and it was and it, and it had such a cheap jump scare as well. I think that's the thing that, like, um, you know, sometimes these jump scares do, you know, they are frustrating at the best of times. But sometimes I, I give them a pass when they're effective and kind of are executed a bit different, and you know, um, 
actually work as well. But like this one, we were in a cinema full of people that were absolutely like shitting their pants watching the Annabelle trailer mm. and then just silence throughout this entire movie. Cause I thought, Oh God, this is going to be a long journey. Yeah. Um, and you know, it really, um, we got no reaction in the way of scares and the jump scares were all just really cheap of just the, the, just her running straight at the camera screaming. And it just doesn't work. Like we're, we're, we're numb to it at this point. Even mm. like the regular cinema goers are numb to it at this point. Yeah. Um, the, the only thing in this movie that, that somewhat hit with our audience, which also disappointed me was the weird comedy that was in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, which we haven't touched upon yet. But oh like, God. This movie has, you know, basically the, the, the priest that kind of comes along or whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, let's just call him taco. Um, <laughs> He, um, oh, no, that was his name in My Name is Earl, wasn't it? He was Paco in, uh, was he in, in that as uh, well? He was in My Name is Earl, yeah, he's Paco in that, and nice. he's Paco in, uh, Breaking Bad, I think. They were really creative <laughs> with the naming conventions, weren't they? They really are. Poor What's guy. his name in this? Did you look at that? <laughs> this is just uh, priest. <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, he's called Taco Paco, mm. <laughs> uh, Rafael Oliveira, right? Um, so Rafa, when mm. he, uh, yeah, when he kind of shows up, he becomes like comedic relief in this really weird way where he's kind of sarcastic and tries to be funny. And it, it's so out of place for his character in this world that's meant to be deadly serious with this whole ghost thing. And this he's already doing these weird kind of, like you say, um, putting the seeds down and uh, saying all these prayers and doing all this stuff that's already a little bit weird. And then he's doing these really off kilter jokes and it just doesn't, it, it really doesn't make sense tonally. And for me, none of the jokes landed, you know, I don't mm. mind there being jokes in a horror movie, but they were, they were cheesy and terrible and just, it really made me groan. Uh, th- th- there was kind of, I can't remember what the one was now. What was it? Oh, the ta-da, like magic yeah. trick thing that he mm. was doing was just so awful and kind of just so out of place. Like not, not, uh, no one ever like this ghost like attacks them and goes absolutely crazy and nearly kills them. And then they say something like that. It just doesn't happen. Mm. It's worth mentioning because we've talked a lot, especially this year about like the use of comedy and horror. Mm. And um, obviously something like us is just so yeah. brilliant because it feels so natural. It's always there to relieve tension and everything works. And then we talk about something like uh, say for instance, book of monsters where we say, Oh, it maybe didn't make us laugh as much as we wanted to, but at no point did the comedy ever offend me. I was just like, no. oh, okay, that didn't work as well. Oh, that one got me. But in this one, it, it actually detracted from the film to the point yeah. where I was getting more and more pissed off each time they tried to put a bad joke in because it just made me uncomfortable watching it in a bad way. Where I was just yeah. like, oh, God, shut up. I was just like, who wrote this shit? Like, yeah, it was the I, worst I've ever seen. I was getting, like, like angry watching this movie and agitated, so I was moving in my seat. Like, <laughs> I, I could not stop yawning, mm. and I just could not stay focused and just just wanted to get out of my seat basically yeah like it's one of the one of the most kind of frustrated kind of memories i have in the cinema for a long while 
Yeah, well, like I say at the start, it just felt like a waste of time. Like we look forward to these movies, we get excited, you know, to see them anyway, and then to talk about them on the show, and mm. for us to like make all the time and effort out of our Saturday night to go and watch this, it just felt like such a bummer. To the yeah. point where, like, yeah, we we said after it, like, do we really want to do this anymore? Like, is this even worth talking about these types of movies? Because nothing about this surprised me. Like, I kind of expected it to be this. I mean, it's mm. it's probably worse than I expected because this is the worst Conjuring. I mean, this is part of that universe now so you have to judge it and even though there's yeah. like a couple of bad ones with the word annabelle in the title uh this is the worst one by far I oh think. this is this is by far the worst one it really has nothing that's interesting at least the doll looks cool in annabelle yeah you know and there's, a, there's a few <laughs> moments in those movies that are all right um yeah it's, I just want to briefly mention, because we're talking about budget, it says on Wikipedia, which means it must be true, um, that under the release, it 100% says the, fact. The, the studio spent an estimated 35 to 40 million on advertisements for the film. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, so it turns out if this movie cost about 50 million, it only made 100. That's probably a good sign that they aren't going to make too good. many more of these. Um, it also just like, that's frustrating as well, that they put four times the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the kind of budget into marketing than they do the actual movie well i think uh, that shows you how much this was retroactively made to be a big deal as well where yeah. they were like oh we've because they probably picked it up as a smaller release and was probably going to release it in other territories and then it well, was, I saw, became a bigger deal i saw people having like all these crazy like press kits and stuff that were sent out for this mm. and just like yeah it, it was really well advertised and obviously got bums on seats but um yeah i mean it's it's just nuts to put that sort of budget on advertising budget onto something yeah it's crazy um before we get to our recommendations we do have a question about this film um mm. which is from uh, movie obulette on twitter um they said is it another case of quiet quiet bang um yeah i believe they they kind of coined this term when they watched the nun um which is yeah it's oh, just it's, it's you think the nun is egregious for it this <laughs> one's worse I was going to say this, this one is definitely worse because yeah, the nun did feel like, oh, okay, now you're just really going this avenue of, you know, cause the, con the conjuring has those moments, but it also builds different oh, yeah. layers and different. What was, what was the yeah. thing in the con the first conjuring movie, the click fingers thing? Yeah. Yeah. Like that was so cheesy in the trailers, but like, yeah, that movie just, it, it's all right. Build intention and then giving you that jump scare. If you feel like it's earned, yeah. um, it's just yeah this is the worst one for that quiet quiet bang kind of yeah because there's no know, sound it's just it's just there's in there's literally no sound because they can't afford a score apparently yeah you know, they can afford advertisements and then it is just like ah the most like loudly yeah. annoying high and it's just this heard. It sounds it's just so this awful. terrible cgi witch just in your face that's just screaming and like i say it, it doesn't actually work on anyone mm. yeah we we were in the most kind of uh ready audience to shit their pants and none of them did yeah and so i just don't know what where this movie landed with people no it, I, I can't imagine it got like a, i didn't see a great reception but i didn't see like an overtly negative one either but um no no maybe i saw people, a somewhat positive one i was gonna say but i think at this point like this is why we're the fools because i feel like most people kind of know if they want this type of movie at this point yeah. and <laughs> if you don't you just don't go and watch it um <laughs> what but we do yeah, guys exactly we do it for you we, we do it for you guys um but yeah what's your recommendation of this one it's not a surprise like i can't even troll like it because this movie just disappoints me and makes me angry like don't don't watch this ever mm. like even even if it's the only thing if you're on a desert island 
and this is the only movie that you've got, don't watch it because it will make you dislike movies. Keep your <laughs> memories of good movies. Yeah, agreed. I say as well to add to that, ne- do not waste 93 minutes of your life watching this movie. Mm. There are so many better things to do. Just like look out of a window, um, go yeah. and pet a dog. Just do anything other than watch this movie for 93 minutes. Um but yeah, that was our discussion of The Curse of La Llorona. Uh, well, that was a downer way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's take a short break and we will be right back. So yeah, we do have another question. Uh, of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter at SHBPod to ask us anything horror-related or non-horror-related. Um, this week, we have one from Cody who says, how would you guys save the Hellraiser franchise? Um, obviously, we talked about it. Was it, in, it was in the news last week, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. With obviously there being rumors, there being murmurs that a for the first time in a while that they're, they're, they're gearing up for a believe remake i guess more of a reimagining that seems to be the way these days which i prefer anyway um of a big budget cinema release of hellraiser which would be the like was even like free in the cinemas i I have no idea Um, i don't know it seems like that original trilogy was like when it kind of stopped being as relevant (laughs) step step one is budget yeah like they've got they've got to actually put some money to this film Mm. um step two is fede alvarez (laughs) uh step three is richard break is that is that is that all the step is step four success step four is fantastic hellraiser movie achieved. fair enough yeah <laughs> um my also short answer would be give pascal lager 20 million dollars um yeah i'll take pascal it, obviously if he's still interested and that's something he still wants to do um he would be my dream for it by far just mm-hmm. in terms of we talked about it before like obviously the imagery of martyrs and what he's done in his last few movies as well. Yeah. Um, and especially because it when was you, something that he was linked at, to. When you look at the imagery of martyrs, it is yeah. straight up kind of Julia yeah. and It's Frank the best Hellraiser movie. Hellraiser. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But yeah, kind of a longer answer. I mean, it's, it's like a lot of these things really give it love, give it care. Definitely agree with you and give it money because these movies have been made on such a shoestring budget. Mm. Um, they don't need and, to and be. How about, how about write a Hellraiser movie and not, take a script from another movie and put pinhead in it yeah that's the thing like there isn't to me it's not so much about you know putting this big director or anything but it's a case of like just find people who know hellraiser and that love it like one thing that i always think about is the friday the 13th remake and i i can't remember off the top of my head the guys that wrote that um i don't know mm. if you want to pull it up but like they they're not like these hugely known guys like they are now because of what they've done with that movie but at the time they were perfect because they 100 percent got who jason was as a character and what made a great friday the 13th movie and they done that um and so you just need to find the equivalent of hellraiser for that yeah um, and think, give it um, give it to people who care. Damon Shannon and Mark Swift. That's the one, yeah. So I I think they've done a couple um, of stuff recently, but yeah, like they they got the franchise. Yeah. So you need to find people like that who are out there talking, saying, no, 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 I love Hellraiser and I have a great idea. Here it is, and then you get the back end of an actual hey, production company. Writing credits for Damon Shannon, Friday the Thirteenth, Freddy versus Jason, Baywatch. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, that's the a great, is, that's a great. I'm going to watch all three of those back to back. The guy is fire. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's 
weird though because that last hellraiser movie it kind of seemed like the people that were behind it did kind of you know they were saying had one all guy, the yeah. right things they were saying all the right things for so long the director just... was definitely someone who is who loves and cares about the franchise you can yeah. tell that much you know be, being that he worked on it for so long yeah um it just felt a little bit like towards the end he was a bit uh, you know over his head because he didn't really necessarily have the direction experience mm. I don't know who wrote the script, but the script was nonsense. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the problem. They, they try right. to make they try to make the the script way too nonsense and way uh-huh. too just crazy, and just strip it back a bit. Like, and you know, definitely a reimagining would be good. Yeah, um, give me give me some of that chinard. Yeah. It's definitely ripe. Like it's one of those ones that we, we've we've kind of seen so many come and go. Uh, you know, the the successes of something like it, and then the complete failures of something like um, Nightmare on Elm Street. And it's kind of bizarre that that's one. Out, of, man. <laughs> it's kind of bizarre that's one of the few that just hasn't been touched. That they're just still chipping away. Like, no, we've got another one coming straight to DVD, guys. It's almost like with the child's play thing except those movies were still good you know yeah. they were still making good chucky movies it's not necessarily getting the audience that they deserved um whereas hellraiser it's like yeah they're still making them and i guess that's the same canon at this point i guess there, I there's really no hellraiser idea. canon no it's what he's like a homeless bum at this point yeah right okay. like oh the ending of that movie was so bad <laughs> um yeah it's such a shame because i love those first three movies yeah like hellraiser third... 2 so good hellraiser 2 is just absolute patrick crazy like yeah. one and two are phenomenal and yeah. three i can still enjoy yeah and it's just like they they've it's been so long and it's so ripe and so yeah i just hope these rumors are true and we we get a hellraiser movie we can get behind because yeah i want that almost as much as any other movie yeah definitely um but yeah thanks for the question cody um so yeah before we i guess we'll talk a little bit about tv in a minute but i just wanted to bring up one movie that i've uh, re-watched in the last week um it was a movie that we've probably talked about on the show i don't know but it was before we started the show anyway um which is cabin in the woods um nice. i don't know if you've seen that in a little while um not in a little while no it, it was one of those ones that i just saw on netflix and i was just like, i'm just gonna throw this on and it's just it's, it's a delight time. Like it's, it's so goddamn good. Like of, of all those types of movies of that ilk, and we've seen quite a few in recent years, um, where it's, you know, not a parody like scary movie, but it's a nod slash homage slash a wink and a nudge to the kind of man. happy death day. Exactly. And obviously like scream being the best one of that by far. Mm. Um, but to me, this was my, this is my favorite of that type of movie outside of that franchise because they just nail everything. Like they, they know the tropes that they're breaking down, but they're using them so well. The cast is amazing. Yeah. The guys um, who made this movie love horror. Yeah, it, for sure. It's and it's, it like people have probably already seen this a million times. If you haven't already, what are you doing? Just go and watch this immediately. Don't know anything about it because it will blow you away. I remember when we went to see this, oh. luckily, and we didn't know too much about it. Um, seeing it on the big screen and just being floored by this movie. Oh, I had such a good time. Um, but yeah, I, I have to mention as well, we're talking about comedy earlier. Like the, the merman joke in this movie <laughs> is probably my favorite joke in any horror movie. Like the, the so amount good. of setup that goes into it, like each little jab poking towards a merman when, when he first bets on the, the betting pool and he's like, Oh, it's not going to be Aquaman. And then, and then obviously when Chris Hemsworth picks up the shell, he's about to blow into it in the cellar. <laughs> and he's like, he had it in his hands. Um, oh. It's so good. Okay. And obviously with the so conclusion perfect. of that joke, I was just, oh, it's just, they don't make stuff like that anymore, man. It's, it's so awesome. Um, it is yeah, great. 
it was a delight to rewatch. Like I hadn't watched it for at least, but probably since we started the show, really, I watched it quite a lot when it came out and then kind of forgot about it. The last sort Yeah. Of you've made me want to go watch it. Oh yeah, it's dude. So it's so much fun. Just for it on. on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. It was great. I, used to, I have it on nice. Blu-ray, but like I say, it's just the press of a button and it. it was a lot easier. Yeah, um, Netflix in it. But uh, yeah. Did you watch any other films or is it just straight into the TV for you? Um, Straight into the TV, I think. Yeah. So have you been, been watching the Twilight Zone? I've watched some of the Twilight Zone, yeah. How much of the Twilight Zone have you watched? Uh, we we've spoke about the first three, five episodes. Five. So oh, I'm struggling to remember now. So episode four. Episode four was kind of the, was that the um, Traveler. Yeah. 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 So obviously, um, Glenn of the Walking Dead fame. Yeah, Glenn of the Walking Dead. Obviously, kind of uh, Area Fifty One slash Roswell type kind of mm, uh, um, the thing. Kind of is it like Alaska or somewhere where they are? It's supposed like, to be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Close to some military base, and it's kind of this this uh, small town sheriff's department kind of celebrating New, New Year's Eve. Yes, Christmas. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. I yeah. Um, no, 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 it's Christmas. Sorry. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah. And um, he does like his whole Christmas pardon thing, doesn't he, on Christmas? Yeah, Day. yeah. I found this one, um, like overall, not that great. Mm. Um, I I enjoyed some of the performances, but the overall story, it never really interested me that much. And yeah. as it kind of got to its conclusion, I just I, I was really zoned out. And I when it finished, I didn't. I just wasn't even really paying much attention. Like it really lost my interest. Yeah. Um, it was the worst one for me. Um, yeah, I agree. Like this, I was, say, this was the first was... out of the four for me where like we talked about the first three and they had their issues, but they all immediately grabbed me with their yeah. concept. And this was like the moment he got put into the jail cell, I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. But then the next 10 or 15 minutes, they added nothing to that to make it seem cool or interesting. No. They kind of just glossed over it. And now he was, they were just interacting with him. Like he was a normal character. Yeah. And I kind of wanted it to be more about the mystery of how he actually got there. And then they obviously, they, they, they circle back around to that. But the fact that they just kind of gloss over that, made me lose interest very quickly yeah yeah um, so this, this one was a swing and a miss for me definitely yeah i, I tend to agree it was the worst like yeah. at that point um yeah um and then yeah episode five is obviously the uh, uh president, president one kind of yeah yeah, yeah all, all about the election and mm. kind of very very on the nose kind of yes with, with what's been going on but i i, I did really enjoy it um mm. and kind of you know i just had to take it on the chin when they were kind of just giving me these over the top messages and you know everything else but the actual story it was entertaining and like yeah. I, I enjoyed the journey um yeah you know. it's so funny like everything you said to me it perfectly describes this season as a whole um yeah i've seen seven episodes now so i won't go into the next two but like this season to me i enjoy each episode i do find them quite entertaining i think the yeah. one thing that they've absolutely nailed is the acting they've got such yeah. amazing talent yeah because even so even the traveler was yeah. well acted yeah exactly Very like well that acted. aspect of it they nailed they got such an awesome cast in pretty much every episode yeah um like i say when it comes to the actual messaging and that's such a shame because that's obviously what the twilight zone is known for is like an entertaining show that always had this really cool social message and mm -hmm. it's so far behind i mean obviously like black mirror is going to be coming back in a few weeks yeah unlucky twilight zone just as this season is ending so it's going to be very easy to compare the two and 
oh my god it's you it's night and day you can't even mm. remotely compare them on a writing standard because it's just what charlie brook is doing is he's made the modern day twilight zone yeah he 100 percent has black mirror is twilight zone yeah and, and it's a shame I think, um it's interesting as well because like um obviously we've spoken about jordan lots on this show mm. but like his messaging um like we said with us like yeah. there there are so many messages in that movie but the movie on its own is a fantastic movie and you mm. can just miss those messages or not pay attention to them or choose just to watch the movie and enjoy it and you can mm. whereas with this it is so message heavy and so trying to make a point to the detriment of the script at times yeah um i just think where... the points they're trying to make are so poorly done yeah and that's the and, problem you know the, the the ones we've had kind of like the this whole kind of political thing and like yeah trump sucks like we've, we've we, we understand guys like mm. you know and then kind of you know the one that we had with the um uh highway patrolman yeah. kind of um you know again important message but just so like just so done in your face and so over the top that yeah. you know it was subtle and then it just got more and more in your face as the episode went on so yeah i yeah you know so far like as you said they're, they're enjoyable but they're definitely not leaving a lasting impression on me definitely like the the writing itself is definitely the biggest issue and like mm. when you think about what the twilight zone is about it is about you know telling an entertaining story with a social message and it's a very much an american show and so what would be like the biggest topics in modern day america well it would be racial relations it would be the trump administration and it would be the me too movement um mm -hmm. which is what's kind of episode seven is about and all three of those are like yeah bang on you you picked the most important topics those are things that the twilight zone absolutely should be talking about it's mm. just a shame that all three of them are done so sloppily so heavy-handed the message is such a detriment to the entertainment of the show yeah. obviously we talked about episode three which is the one about racial relations probably the best episode still um, yeah was was really fun up until it got to the point where it really tried to hammer home the message and then it lost me um episode what was it five is the, five, is the president yeah. one yeah. which again is like an entertaining episode but anything it's trying to say i mean it's kind of it, its biggest failure is that black mirror done this way better um in an episode which is one of the worst episodes of black mirror yeah um, which just goes to show you again the comparison and it also it predates trump like they pretty much predicted you know a cartoon character yeah it's amazing um, ruling a country and that's what happened in real life and so to do that now retroactively like ha 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 imagine if a kid was president it's like well no i get yeah. what you're doing like it doesn't it's really work madness as well that black mirror did it before it actually happened you know it's... exactly like it makes that episode way better like i do like that episode but it's not one of my favorites at all oh it's um, one of the worst and then uh episode seven which is about the me too movement start, starts off really strong because it has some really little subtle things about mm. that and then tells a really fun story and then once you again you get to the final act and they try and tie it together what's going on with the with the me too stuff it's like no yeah this, you're, you're so the, far away every one of these what... episodes when we talk about them it's the final act that lets yeah. it down yeah, and that is the key to obviously good writing because that's mm. when you have to tie an entertaining story that is well acted, which is what gets you through the episode, but then actually with a message. Yeah. Um, bringing it back to Jordan as well, I think that to me is what is disappointing is that this is his baby. Like he loves Twilight Zone. He talks it up all the time. This is his production company, which has mm. kind of single-handedly brought this back. And it's amazing seeing him each week as the host. Yeah. It's such a shame that seven out of the 10 episodes now, he has a co-writing credit on one episode. Mm. Um 
And that is his overall contribution in a creative aspect. And I think that's massively disappointing. And obviously with season two already being announced, I know I'm talking from a selfish standpoint because I love Jordan. And I want to see more of his work, but I think he has to contribute more in terms of a, because Rod Ster- uh, Serlin, who was the original host and kind of creator of the show mm. and what Jordan is sort of stylizing himself on. He wrote like nearly over half the episodes at least um, and was such a creative force in the show. And so I don't like the fact that Jordan has kind of took a step back and is just a host. And I get it. You know, yeah. he's busy this year with us, and he's probably still going to be really busy with loads of other different shows and Candyman and everything. But it's like, no, you you brought back the Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone should mean something. You need to start. Either, I would love, obviously, one episode a season as a bare minimum that he wrote and possibly directed. Um, yeah, he needs to at least write. You know, do some more writing on it because it is very disappointing. And mm. the fact that this show it isn't. Um, you know, it really is meant to be this big love letter to the original and the original creator. And, and then, you know, he is half arson it, Jordan, just kind mm-hmm. of turning up and doing this little bit of acting for it and yeah. kind of lending his name to it and mm. getting and kind of like if this was amazing, he'd be getting all the credit as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, but also he's kind of put his name to this thing that actually isn't that great. And he's definitely. created two of the best horror movies that we've seen um on this show and just in the cinema full stop yeah um and now he's kind of the the the, you know this you know he's labeled as the creator of this new season Mm. and it's poor well yeah it's average i wouldn't say it's poor it's average you know it's it's enjoyable but it's not anything to. it's disappointing because we thought it would be really special and it's just you know good it's, it, I think we can all agree that it's his first misfire within genre. And I think yeah. that's the disappointing part is because, yeah, coming off of two of the best movies, you, I, I would want the TV show. Like, look at, like, again, it's a hard comparison. Of course, not everyone can do this, but Mike Flanagan's transition from film to television. Yeah. You know, that's amazing because he'd done everything. He, you don't really see yeah. that, but he but wrote and directed did, every episode. Say, <laughs> that's because he wrote and directed every episode because yeah. he is a maniac. Yeah. We love him. Um, which is amazing. And obviously, he does amazing mm. films with Gerald's Game we can't wait for uh, dr sleep but um yeah it, it bums me out like i'm interested to see the next three but i can't imagine like i wanted to hold this back because i feel like i'm kind of giving my overall impressions now like it's ended but i don't imagine the last three episodes are going to massively change my mind because no. i've had the same feeling after every episode i'm like yeah that was that was fun shame that the writing sucked the acting was good though let's move on <laughs> yep <laughs> like they're pretty much interchangeable and yeah i have my own personal favorites i'd probably say episode three maybe was my favorite i quite like two as well um six is a fun enjoyable movie oh sorry episode um yeah six is interesting i I definitely want to talk to you about that because that's the one that probably has the least kind of messaging um that it's trying to get across it is more just like has a fun adventure and i liked it for that um but yeah we'll get to that um but yeah should we talk about another show that everyone seems to be talking about let's do it so game of thrones obviously this what is it that it was a penultimate one we've seen episode so yeah, kind of going into the finale. What? What? Yeah. So we didn't talk about it episode four, really. But I mean, yeah. What are your thoughts of, of the last couple of weeks and then going into the finale? Are you excited? Are you sad that it's over? I don't. I don't really know, man. Like, I don't know how I feel. It's it, it's odd, kind of. Um, the last episode in particular, um, just uh, you know, with Danny kind of going full kind of heel, which mm. something that I think I spoke about on the show at the beginning of this season that kind of, I felt like that was the way they were going to go. And spoiler um, alert, by the way, I mean, is, is <laughs> I Game of Thrones spoiler alert a thing? It really um, should have because yeah, everyone does, but it's my yeah. own personal thing. I have to just, yeah. Put it in there. like 
there like i will even now not talk about avengers endgame even though they will <laughs> yeah but uh, game of thrones i just i don't even like... want to like the tweets that they post that are like no, behind the scenes because i don't want anyone yeah. to see it on my feed and blame me <laughs> yeah exactly but but game of thrones i just think now nah, that's that's just canon fodder yeah um but yeah like um it i don't know how i feel about it if i'm being honest like i enjoyed mm. it and i i enjoy the spectacle still <laughs> um so many characters are going at this point and none of them have really any effect on me mm. um you know the the thing that this show kind of was known for was its kind of shock moments these kind of deaths of characters that kind of stuck with you and i feel like this season we won't remember any of that because mm. so many go and it's kind of like i guess they had to wipe out some but um you know kind of you know going full spoiler into it like you know jamie and cersei yeah if if that's the last we ever see of them because i'm not convinced it is mm. um that's shocking i think it is just because there's only one more episode and they still have a lot to get through <laughs> yeah you know it really does feel like lost where mm. suddenly they went this is the final like two seasons and then they went shit we have 40 more episodes in our minds mm. and then they just rushed it um because this feels so rushed you know, hey, I think the this... final season was way better than this for the record. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the comparisons to Lost are massive because mm. obviously everyone in the world thought uh, Lost was the best show ever. Yeah. And then by the end of it, they hated it. And yeah. You already see it. It's kind of, you know, this. it's already happening with Game of Thrones. And I definitely don't. I think some of the things with this episode, um, the cinema, cinema photography in this episode was just absolutely out of this world. Mm. You know, some of the some of the scenes were just the, every one of them is a is a screensaver i think we got probably um, one of the greatest ever moments on television which was the fight between the hound and the mountain yeah, like yeah visually the say, way it looked i was like i don't give a shit about anything else that's happening when, right now this is yeah awesome. like when the dragon like flew overhead mm. when those two were then about to fight i was just like hell yeah yeah i was like this amazing. is just perfect fantasy um, like amazing action yeah. like it was so Lo- cool it felt like lord of the rings mm. you know and it really it really did i think one of the things that really uh because there wasn't a lot that bugged me that much like you know the whole kind of danny hill turning thing we got to see a dragon you know just tear shit up which is always mm. fun like um aya and kind of what the hell she did in this episode mm. was obviously just setting up the final episode yeah um or she's gonna be vengeful and go kill danny great mm. but like um because she was literally in the war room where Cersei kind of has the map and yeah. kind of plots plots her battle. She was there with the Hound. The Hound goes off and counters Cersei. Two minutes later, later Cersei is in that room, and I'm like, "Oh, Aya's going to be in the shadows. Mm. She's going to get her." And Aya has just left the 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 main castle and is in the streets, like just running. And mm. I'm like, "So she came there to get Cersei, and then just ran off." Yeah, to, because now ultimately she's going to be angry with Danny, and I'm like, why did she do that? Why did the, she just leave? The problem with this show is that they do choices which don't make sense for the characters anymore. Because yeah, mm. you're right. Like in terms of Aya's character, that makes no sense. But in terms of the way it, it was presented in the moments, I I quite like the moments because it was like it was the Hound saying, "Look, you have been driven by vengeance and revenge. That's exactly who I am. Look at me. You don't want to become me." And he was basically saying, "Look, Cersei's lost. Like when she um executed that woman at the end of the last episode, she." 
they'd lost the battle at that point because Danny mm. was going to burn that city to ashes. And so, like, whether a dragon kills her, whether Danny kills her, or whether a little bit of rubble kills her, she's dead at that point. And so he's saying, look, if you stay here and you want to be the one that ends her life, you're going to die as well because you're not going to get out. And so that's kind of why I think we had that really drawn out scene of her trying to escape to show you, like, if she would have stayed there any longer, she would have been dead. A second she... longer. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I, I get what they're going for, but I also. How many, how many times did rubble fall on her and she lived as well? You know, yeah. just saying. Well, it was like that fight going back to it, but yeah, no, to me, I, I agree with what you said. Like, I enjoyed it, the episode. Like, I, I enjoyed it more than the last couple, really. Um, it was just, I, for the first time, I think before I was almost resentful of myself where I was like, I don't understand why I'm not a bigger fan of this show. Like I really like Game of Thrones, but it mm. never got to the obsession level of I'm someone who loves to obsess about things, whether it's TV shows, films, really? video games. <laughs> yeah. In case you didn't know that. Um, whereas, Game of Thrones, yeah, whereas Game of Thrones was never one of those. It was like, oh, I really no. enjoy this. And I've watched each episode once and that's it. I've never rewatched any of the episodes. Again, as someone who rewatches mm. stuff all the time. And this is the first time where I'm like, yeah, I'm actually glad because I'm going to watch the finale. I'm going to enjoy it and then I'm going to move on and I'm not really going to. Think- yeah. And I feel like when all set and when all is set and done, the moments that people look back on on Game of Thrones is going to be the Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. And kind of the, the wedding and you know, the all, stuff. yeah, all of these moments, you know, kind of Sean Bean and just kind of John's resurrection of these, was insane. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and all of those crazy moments. And I don't really think we've had anything that much mm. in this season. You know, you, like the White Walkers, all the good White Walkers stuff was really when they were coming to the wall. And mm. like when the the finale last season, when the dragon broke down the wall was amazing. And then like, yeah, I felt like that fight was a little bit anticlimactic. This one was just a, an annihilation. Mm. And I don't really understand how it was that much of an annihilation. Mm. Um, I feel like Danny could have just done that and then went and got the White Walkers, like when she was there before. Well, I kept thinking that. I was like, dragons. obviously, when episode four ended, she can she's within eyesight of Cersei and all of those people. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, why didn't she just murder them? Why did she go get a dragon and then fight the ships head on, which completely destroyed her last week? But now suddenly yeah. she's destroying them. Like, like I say, we, what, it's a show that when you really break it down, now it's it's actually poorly written now, which is a real shame. Um. You know, you know, like when Aya left King's Landing, mm. and at the end of this a, episode, no, no, like in season two or whatever. Oh, uh, when she first left, Christ. and it took her probably two seasons to get back to Winterfell. But, yeah, but now it took one episode. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like <laughs> characters used to take so long to track across. Yeah, like Jamie. Jamie instant. just went. He didn't even have a horse. <laughs> like Jamie went from king's landing to winterfell then winterfell to king's landing just just no effort yeah is you brought up jamie as well that's the only thing that's pissed me off i think the last two episodes i thought jamie was ridiculously shit like jamie has been one of the best characters in this show and him and brianne and kind of them like finally getting their moment was fantastic and then Mm. for them just to completely ruin it you know to to then give him a moment with cersei that no one really wanted mm. no one wants him to fall back into cersei's arms yeah and it's, to me, it didn't make that. much sense character wise i was just like i don't i don't really get this he's a man about redemption and he's a man about honor and he's just kind of like throwing his back on all of that so yeah that was the only thing that annoyed me like i think for me as well it's weird because i think a lot of people were shocked at the kind of the danny badness and to me that always <laughs> felt inevitable yeah um, 
I think for me, one of my yeah, biggest. We spoke criticism... about it at the beginning of this season that it was yeah. going to happen. But people are pissed off, and this is just internet culture, and like you know, team Danny, team John, and like being fans of people because they just don't want it that way, which is ridiculous. But yeah, for me, one of my criticisms would be how predictable it's been because like even yeah. going into the finale now, it kind of seems obvious that. We don't oh, know exactly. If, if Aya doesn't kill Danny, I will be shocked. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be Danny is going to die, and it's going to be either Aya or John. And and then I think the only other kind of variable for me is I wonder if Danny will kill um, Tyrion or Sansa or both before she gets killed, um, because she's clearly going to want them both dead. Obviously, Tyrion like saving Jamie, and she kind of gave him a final warning. Um, she'll, she she'll killed kill Varys. Tyrion, um... and then obviously Sansa, she just hates her guts, and, and obviously she told everyone John C. Sansa's, so I just wonder whether she'll get Sansa's to her. Sansa's going to be uh, on the throne at the end. Yeah. What? What? Instead of what, what, not John though? Do you not think? No, not John. No. For me, I think it will be John because I think that there were there were three things. I think before it didn't. He didn't have all things. He he was the rightful heir, which is the first mm. one. The people wanted him as king, which is the second one, and then the third one, which has been the kind of the main thing of this season, is that he didn't want it. He was like, yeah. I don't want to be king. But I think after what he's seen, well, he, he will want to be king. Now. He's definitely anti-Danny now. I mean, the obvious thing is, is that he is that he does go on the throne. That is what they're gearing towards. And that's mm. why I hope they do something a bit different. Yeah. Um, I can kind of see Sansa getting it just because, like, she's kind of a big deal right now. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of it being Sansa who might be turn evil herself. Like, I kind of like yeah. that as an aspect because, yeah, Jon is just pure good. Yeah. Um, like, she, that... could, she could just give a little bit of a little finger yeah <laughs> uh pose at the end yeah but, i kind of like would like her as like with Tyrion by her side sort of thing because they kind of set that yeah. up didn't they with that little yeah. conversation they were oh, having I'd be in the, down for in her and Tyrion is the hand yeah that'd be awesome um but yeah i'm, well, I'm I mean, still, still married aren't they like... i have no idea <laughs> um but I'm, I'm pumped for the finale either way like it's a shame like this has obviously been a rush season it's obviously not the best season like six episodes to, to get all of the story is a joke is an absolute joke and even them saying like, oh the episodes are longer they're not that they're much not that longer long. they're not they're like that an hour long. and 15 I, like, I looked back and so many episodes in the past few seasons have been an hour and 15 yeah and we and that so was when we were getting them. like 12 of them yeah. a season but not six yeah. like i think like battle of the bastards was like an hour and a half yeah, like it's episode. really yeah it's the best episode yeah so yeah um, it's, it's frustrating yeah. i think hbo have kind of might muck this one up considering it was the most popular show on earth that we've ever seen and you know like you say i really do believe now that this will have a uh a look back like lost which is you know i'm gutted about lost because i love that show still and i think that it's unfairly looked upon and i do again well i need to see the finale obviously but like it's not as bad as people are making out game of thrones it's just not as good as it really was yeah <laughs> so, yeah um i yeah. think it's just sometimes you know ending something is so difficult yeah um i think the, the most that, popular that, thing in the world as well <laughs> yeah especially when the most popular thing in the world ended and ended perfectly on film yeah i think like <laughs> you know the avengers crossover is like a massive problem for, mm. for game of thrones where we've seen something unique in cinema history and these 22 films came together in this perfect ending that's probably going to turn out to be the highest grossing movie of all time. Mm. And then suddenly the most popular TV show like ever has has its ending and it's kind of not as good as we thought it was going to be. And yeah. everyone, you know, how many people have watched Game of Thrones and Endgame? Yeah. Most people on the planet. Mm. <laughs> and... Uh, you just think like, you know, that has a crossover where one one did such a good job. The other one, when it looks not quite as good, it looks even worse. Yeah, definitely. 
but yeah we'll see i'm excited i'm excited for this sunday um to see what actually happens and yeah hopefully they'll throw out a few curveballs like, i agree with you like even though i do want john to be king i'm also looking for there to be shocks and surprises yeah i would i would like john to be king because he's just yeah he is such a you know everyone likes him doesn't yeah, he ticks all the know? boxes yeah definitely. but that's why i wanted it to be someone different i want Tyrion. <laughs> yeah Tyrion. We, shall, we shall see next week um but yeah, yeah maybe just was... a dragon yeah, just the, the the one lonely dragon. Yeah. That's the only thing I haven't been able to work out really. Where I'm like, how the hell do you get rid of Danny when she's still got a dragon? But then they killed two of them. But I don't know. Yeah, John would just like horse whisper it. Yeah, I was gonna say, is he just gonna control it? He's just gonna like command yeah. Yeah. that that one to kill Danny. That'd be pretty crazy. Yeah, um, he he can just speak parcel tongue. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that would make the show infinitely better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was episode 143. Um, we might have a fun one next week. We're still trying to sort we of work it out. But yeah, think like look forward to that one. Fingers crossed. Um, and then a movie that we never thought existed yeah. might actually exist. Yeah, until some weird Blu-rays in parts of Europe, which will hopefully be delivered in time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, kind of. And then after that, we're back on Netflix um, for The Perfection, uh, which I'm very excited for. Um, and then there's some cinema oh, releases. I uh, can't remember when Brightburn is. We've got Ma at the end of this month as well, which I cannot wait for that. Some good stuff Chucky. coming. Yeah, that's a film. Um, <laughs> Annabelle, that's a film. Um, nah. <laughs> nah um but yeah that was episode 143 uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone and through my veins and travels to my head they said you'll die soon enough anyway shut up i can't mainly because i never could how could i start that